Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So how are you uh, coming on your Christmas shopping? Any of you get any Black Friday deals? Anybody done already? Yeah. Part of the fun of Christmas shopping is not only finding something that you think somebody's going to like, but also keeping it a secret from them until the big day. Right? You want to surprise them. Of course, that also means they're keeping secrets from you, too. Now, maybe they decided to get you something you specifically asked for. That's what Amazon wish lists are for, right? Or maybe they got you something completely different. You won't know until you open it. Now, let's be honest. Raise your hand. How many of you like being surprised with Christmas gifts? Okay, fair number. How many of you like opening a package and then saying, oh, wow, you got me underwear? (laughs) How many of you like being surprised in general? Some people. Some people. For example, if somebody threw you a surprise party, would you think that was wonderful or would you be totally embarrassed by it? Depends on what happens before the party. How many of you just like not knowing what's coming in life? Yeah, not too many hands for that one. Right, like today, for example, you might find out you inherited a million dollars from some unknown relative. Or you could be hit by a bus. Right, you don't know. (laughs) Better chance of the bus. Right. I'll take the million dollars. You'll take the million dollars. <laughs> Surprises are going to happen in life, whether we like them or not. And typically, we don't get any kind of preview for what kind of surprise it's going to be. But what if you could get a preview? What if you could get a glimpse of what's coming up? What if you could shake the box, so to speak, and get a little hint about what's going to happen in life? Well, I think this is why a guy named Enno Alaric has gained 117,000 followers on TikTok. His videos claim that he can give us some clues about what's coming in life. Because he says that he's a time traveler from 2671. In his videos, he supposedly gives us a preview about what's coming in our future. In particular, in a video he posted on October 26th, he said that, quote, the biggest event in history is going to happen on Christmas Day this year. Now, if you're chuckling or rolling your eyes, I'm right there with you, right? It's just ridiculous. There have been plenty of people throughout history who have tried to predict the future, and they've all been wrong. Besides, the biggest event in history has already happened. It's the thing we celebrate on Christmas Day. There is no event bigger than the event of Jesus. 
And yet, that doesn't stop 117,000 people from following this guy. Based on the comments to his posts, some people are excited about what he says, but most people think he's just a fraud. Even so, the fact that so many people follow him show us that many of us would like a little preview in life. We don't want to be completely surprised by what's to come. But sadly, time travel doesn't exist, and nobody can give us spoilers about life. Well, actually, no. I take that back. We do have one spoiler about life. It is something that is guaranteed for every single one of us. Death. And taxes. One day you will die. Okay, maybe that's not much of a spoiler since we know it's coming. But even though we know it's coming, we don't usually spend our time trying to figure out how, when, and where we'll die. And so we don't really pay much attention to it until it actually happens. So this makes death both expected and unexpected at the same time. This is very much like what's going on in this gospel reading for today. In this text, we hear Jesus talk about the coming of the Son of Man. But notice that all of the examples he gives are about death. And how most people don't pay much attention to it. Right, consider the first example of Noah. Right, we're all familiar with God telling Noah to build the boat, gather all the animals, and all that good stuff. But think about everybody else in the world. Yes, they knew they were mortal and they would die someday. But they were just going about their regular daily lives like we do. They were, as the text says, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. But then the great flood came and killed everyone. It was a natural disaster on a global level. And they had no meteorologists, no warning system, no sign saying so many days until the great flood. Nobody on social media saying the biggest event in history was coming. Instead, it just wiped out the entire human race. Except for a small handful of people. Or think about the people in the field. Or the people grinding meal together. Some people who believe in the rapture think that this passage is about how some people will be beamed up to heaven while everybody else is, quote, left behind. And you don't want to be left behind. But honestly, it's more like death. Right? Perhaps you're at work one day, out in the field, so to speak, and all of a sudden your coworker just dies. They have a heart attack. They have an aneurysm. They have an accident. And in the blink of an eye, they aren't there anymore. Yes, their body's still there, but their life is not. Or think about being at home. Grinding meal, as they say. 
You're just going about your day too, and then your loved one just dies. And I know for some of you, this is not hypothetical. You know what it's like to be going about your regular daily life when your loved one just suddenly dies. There was no warning, no sign, no clue. They just died. And you were left behind and left in shock. Yes, you don't want to be left behind without your loved one. But really, I think you'd rather be alive than dead. So in a way, like Noah and his family, you want to be left behind. You don't want to die. Or with the next example... Sometimes burglaries happen. A thief breaks in when everybody's sound asleep, steals a bunch of stuff, trashes the house, and leaves. You are just going about your regular life, sleeping like every other night, when all of a sudden your little personal bubble gets popped. That's a kind of death, too. You can also think of it like any other personal tragedy that hits you more than someone else. Maybe it's getting a diagnosis. Maybe it's that phone call in the middle of the night. Maybe it's getting laid off from your job. Whatever it is, your world is not what it used to be. And nobody can predict how or when that will happen either. Now, I know that none of these scenarios sound like much fun. A global disaster, a death of a loved one, some personal tragedy. But that's what this text says the coming of the Son of Man is like. And yet, this is something we're supposed to anticipate with joy. Isn't that what Advent's about? Looking ahead with hope and excitement of the coming of Christ? So then, what's going on here? How are we supposed to have hope and joy as we look ahead to death-dealing disasters? Or, on the other hand, how are you supposed to hopefully look forward to something when you're not sure if it's going to happen at all? Like, we all know death is inevitable. We know that's coming. But what about the Son of Man? In the early church, people thought Jesus was coming back tomorrow. But that didn't happen. Today, some people continue to look ahead to some future day. But many people have probably given up on it. Thinking that if it hasn't happened in 2,000 years, it's not going to happen at all. Plus, Jesus already came when he was born to Mary and Joseph. And he's present with us now in the sacraments and through the Holy Spirit. So, how do we look forward to something that we already have? It's confusing, isn't it? 
Well, in the midst of all of this confusion, though, there is still some good news. Because based on this text and what we know about Jesus, we do have six clues about why the coming of Christ is a good thing. Whenever and however it happens. So we are able to shake the box a little bit. We are able to get some hints. And we don't need to be time travelers to do it. So here are the clues. First, Jesus comes in the midst of our daily life. We just go about our lives, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, working in the field, grinding meal, or sleeping in bed, and that's when he comes. Second, when he comes, it will be such a disruption to our familiar way of doing things that it will feel like death. Everything we know about life changes. Third, when he comes, he affects all areas of life. Like the whole world with a global flood. Or our relationships when a loved one dies. Or our individual lives when some personal tragedy strikes. Fourth, when he comes, even though he changes the entire world, he also comes in ways that are very easy to miss. Like, as a baby born to a no-name couple in the middle of nowhere. Or like bread and wine, or water and words, or like the Holy Spirit stirring up faith within you. Fifth, he comes in ways that we can't control or predict. Just like we can't control death or birth or how the Holy Spirit moves, we also can't control his coming. And sixth, when he comes, he comes not just to destroy, but to bring new life. Like Noah and his family coming out of the ark, or like raising us from the dead, or like bringing us to the other side of some tragedy, Christ is always about new life. Now, all of these things are good things, because even though they are unpredictable and uncontrollable, they remind us that Christ is still involved in this life. Or to make it more personal, it means that Christ is indeed involved in your life. And since you don't know all the details of where, when, or how you'll see him, there are two ways that you could respond to all this. First, you could freak out. You could worry about it, be afraid of it, try to build your little doomsday bunker. You could focus on yourself, listen to scarcity, and try to make sure that you and your little clan are safe. You could try to control that which you can't control at all. 
which we heard about last week with Christ the King Sunday. Or you can celebrate with joy and gratitude and generosity. You can remind your family and friends that you love them. You can protect that which needs protecting. You can love God and love neighbor, as our new mission statement says. You can plant a tree. You can treasure every moment because you don't know if it'll be your last. You can rejoice that Christ is with you no matter what happens. Because even though you don't know all the details, the surprises that he brings to you are good surprises. They are life-changing and unpredictable for sure, but they are also good. So break out the decorations. Gather your family and friends. Do your shopping. Be bold in your loving. Be generous in your giving. Be courageous in your discipleship. Because Jesus changes everything. And when you see him at work, it will be a great surprise that you won't want to miss. And honestly, nothing under the tree can compare to that. So in the name of this one who is full of surprises, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.